0: to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what role does the Holy Spirit play in the life of a Christ follower? That's the core question Pastor Nicole is asking in her new series called Spirit Lead Me. We're exploring how we can experience more of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we began with the basics. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what does the Holy Spirit do? And we saw that the Holy Spirit acts as a helper or an advocate that adds God's power to our lives. Today, Pastor Nicole will be sharing about the sometimes controversial topic called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And what is speaking in tongues? Who is it for and when should we speak in tongues? That's what she's going to discuss today. So let's get started and discover more about the Holy Spirit. Here's Pastor Nicole.
1: We are in a series about the Holy Spirit if you missed last week, you can jump right in. You can catch it on the podcast. We're talking about um, things that the Holy Spirit is to us. What the Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit adds to us. How He is a Paraclete, not a parasite. Uh, parasites take things from us. Um, they uh, cannot. They can't survive unless they're um, sucking life from something. But Paracletes are the opposite. They add peace, add freedom, add closeness, so much more. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. Today we're going to talk specifically about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to preface this with uh, what I'm going to share with you today, um, what I prepared for today uh, will not be my opinions, uh, will not be my experiences. In fact, I Uh, have no on purpose I don't have any stories or uh, little anecdotes. sometimes I try to make you guys giggle a little bit I didn't do any of that today Uh, it won't be other people's experiences what I want to do when we're looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit is I want to look right at the scripture I want to learn straight from the source and I want us to see what the truth of God says about this um, very real thing that we see in the scripture sound good? All right, so let's start in the book of Acts. Uh, This is a history book. The book of Acts was written by Luke, who was um, a very accurate, um, kind of factual kind of guy, and it was intended to be an accurate account of how the church started. And the idea is as we understand and know how the early church operated, it would give us a blueprint or a model for us to follow. Now, the early church uh, had no buildings. They didn't even have our mauve carpet, okay? I know that's how you picture it, but they didn't have it. Uh, They didn't have any youth centers. The early church didn't have any money. The early church had zero political influence and no social media followers at all. Yet, the early church won multitudes to Christ. The early church started churches throughout the Roman world and the early church powerfully expanded. And so why did that happen? How did that happen? What can we give that credit to? Well, the reason this happened is because the first Christians were energized and empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. He is enough. He's all we need. Now, buildings and youth centers and, and social media followers, that helps us uh, in our current state, but the Holy Spirit is all we need. That's all we need to grow our church. That's all we need to have a community together. The Holy Spirit is all we need. And so 50 days after the death of Jesus, uh, the disciples are in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost was one of the three great Jewish feasts that occurred in Jerusalem. And so when the people celebrated this in the Old Testament, they were remembering when Moses gave them the law. Excuse me. So when they got together, it was like, you know, at Christmas, we remember uh, Jesus came to earth, right, as a baby. Well, at the Feast of Pentecost, when the people got together, they were remembering the moment when Moses gave them the law, when Moses gave them the Ten Commandments, and they were thinking about this, and they were remembering it. But on this day of Pentecost, 50 days after the death of Jesus, they are about to be given the fullness of the grace of God. They will be given the Holy Spirit who fulfills the law, who replaces the law as they know it. So you see, Pentecost is happening uh, at a very timely calendar way. Jesus is saying, God is saying, listen, let me communicate to you. You once were bound by the law. But Jesus Christ came and died on a cross and, 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 and rose again, and now I'm going to give to you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit fulfills all of that. You don't have to run around and be nervous about doing all the laws all the time. You have the grace of God through the Holy Spirit that helps you come into right relationship with me. So all the people, <clears throat> they're gathering in one city They came from the hills. They came from the countryside. They were together with the same heart and the same love, the same promise. They, They were celebrating the same thing, and they happened to be in the same geography. And it's interesting because often, before we can be filled, we have to realize we're empty. Before we can be filled, we have to realize that were empty and by gathering together for prayer in obedience these disciples did just that they recognized they did not have the resources in among themselves to do what they could do or should do they didn't have the intellect they didn't have the plan they didn't have the answers they didn't know what to do next because Jesus was gone but they knew they had to rely on the work of God And so when they gathered together, there was this um, kind of communal sense of desperation. God, here we are, empty. We don't have a clue. We don't know what to do. But God, here we are, and we know we need to seek you. And so before you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to acknowledge you're empty without him. And so this morning, if you're here today and you would say, you know what? I understand those disciples. I, I, when I try to do life myself, I mess up. <laughs> I've got a relationship in my life that I cannot figure out how to, to get around to healing. I, need, I have a problem I can't help figure out. I need resources, I need a new opportunity, I need a new perspective. There are things in my life that if I do not rely on the Holy Spirit, if I don't get help soon, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. Yesterday, I, w- I took a walk with my dog, which is just like really weird for me. I just want to tell you what I did. Took the dog, took a walk. And I said to the Lord, God help me just need you more. You know, cause we get to this place sometimes where everything in our life is all buttoned up. Like we just know exactly what we're gonna do every day. And we just know how it's all gonna work. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when you become empty, you'll depend on me more. You'll depend on me more. And so I spent my whole walk just saying to the Lord, empty me out, empty me out of all the things that, that, that I am trying to self-rely on, all the things that I think I'm all set because I buttoned all this up, empty me out. And so just even before I go any further, before we read this passage in Acts, if you are here today and you would say, I'm willing to empty myself of myself so God can fill me with him, I just want you to stand to your feet for a moment. Sometimes you have the altar call in the very beginning of the service. That's just what God says. So you do it. I'm just going to ask Pastor Andy, if he would just pray for those that are on their feet this morning, that we'd be empty before him and God would fill us up.
2: Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for us me included. God, that we would empty ourselves and lay aside our idols, the things that we give our attention to that take from our attention from you. And we just lay them down right now. We repent for having them. And God, I pray that you would empty us and we just declare more of you and less of us can we say that together, church? More of you and less of us. More of you and less of me, God. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, afresh. Let your anointing fill us and your fire burn out the dross in our hearts and in our minds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: You can have a seat. So the disciples, empty, empty. And I want to read Acts 2, 1 through 2. Pastor Andy, would you read that to us this morning?
2: When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting.
1: Okay, so remember in this moment, they were inside, So this wasn't just a gust of wind outside that caught them off guard. This was a violent blast of wind that sounded like a tornado inside the upper room. This is unusual, okay? This is not normal. (laughs) This is supernatural. And it probably has connection with the fact that in both the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin languages, actually all three, the word for spirit is the same word for breath or wind. So the sound of this fast, mighty wind would make many of these men and women who knew the Hebrew Scriptures already think of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's read verse 3.
2: They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them.
1: So a lot like wind, fire was known by these disciples to be a connection to God. Here's a few things about fire that also connect us to the Holy Spirit. Um, Fire cleanses things. Fire is a purifier, a refiner. It burns away what is temporary and leaves only what will last. Uh, The Holy Spirit does that too. Fire consumes. You can't throw something into a fire and hope it only burns up part of it, right? Fire consumes. It's all or nothing. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we need to be consumed by all, right? All, all. We need to be consumed, all of us. Thirdly, fire creates more fire. Fire spreads. It's contagious. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are contagious to those around us. You know, in certain places in the Old Testament, God sent fire down from heaven. So this literally means, uh, what we see in the scripture, God lit the fire himself. And so things would spontaneously combust, and it was because God himself lit the fire, and then the fire would consume the sacrifice, And the people, the disciples in that room knew of these uh, things because they studied the scripture. And so in this moment in the New Testament, God sends fire from heaven to show his power. God sent it. And on the day of Pentecost, the fire fell on living sacrifices. The fire fell on living sacrifices. And these tongues of fire marked each of these people. Okay, this is important. Under the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rested on God's people more as a nation or a group. Okay, the Holy Spirit of God would rest on people as a nation. But under the New Covenant, under the Holy Spirit, rests upon God's people as individuals, And God is communicating this to them because the tongues of fire sat upon each of them. It wasn't just one big campfire in the middle of the room. He he sent a tongue of fire upon each of their heads. The scripture says that. And what the message is to us is each of us, each of us have access to God's presence. Each of us have access to God's power through the Holy Spirit. In the new covenant, individually, God sends his fire to burn you up if you are a living sacrifice. You don't have to be standing next to somebody else that's seeking God's heart more than you. You get it yourself. It's not reserved for pastors. It's not reserved for uh, people who are important in the church. It is for each of you. Presence and power through the Holy Spirit for each of us. Okay, so there's wind, there's fire, but there's something else, something even more important, the true gift. Uh, Pastor Andy, would you read verse 4?
2: All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them.
1: So the true gift is the Holy Spirit. The wind, the fire, the tongues, all of that were symptoms of what actually was happening. The most important player in this passage, the most important thing is the Holy Spirit. That's who we're going to focus on. That is the most important uh, picture that we need to get from here. Now, um, when I was in college, when we were in college, Joel played football for the Assemblies of God College called CBC. Now, when I play, played football, it really was one big game of the season uh, against the Baptist Bible College in town, okay? Okay. Pastor Don might have played this game too. I think this has been a tradition for a lot of years. So so the Baptist Bible College and the Assemblies of God Bible College would put a date on the calendar and they would train all year long and they took it very seriously as if they were competing to defend like decades of theology differences or something on the football field. Okay, we'll see. Um, Now we didn't have smartphones then, so I don't have a picture, but this is college Joel Nicole. Oh, look at that. At the banquet after. Oh, you're clapping. That's so nice. Um, I'm pretty sure he was MVP. If that's not true, he's my MVP. So we'll just give it to him here. But here we are. All right, so. Oh, look at that. Here's why I'm telling you this story. Uh, This verse, Acts 2-4, always reminds me of this moment. (laughs) Because every year, I would always go to watch this epic game. And the student sections would uh, chant these short, cheers kind of to each other and the assemblies of god school uh would cheer this uh, over to our baptist friends it was all in good fun okay before i tell you it it was bible college humor all right we're not offending anyone uh but we would say <laughs> we would say <laughs> we got spirit we got more we got spirit acts two four <laughs> and we would yell that because they don't believe in that okay Anyway, sorry. That, I thought that'd be funny. Um, so let's just go back to the scriptures here. So in Acts 2.4, we see there's a miracle of language. And the people were speaking languages they were never taught. And this caused such a commotion that people in the city came to see what was going on. Now, don't forget, I set the scene for you. There were people from all different dialects, okay? They're from the hills. They're from different cities. They're all coming to this one city because the feast is happening. And so when they get to this crowd of of commotion, they hear the Christians speaking in their own foreign languages. So let's read in Acts 2, uh, 7 through 11 what happens.
2: Utterly amazed, they asked, "Aren't these all? Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs." we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues.
1: So Peter, one of the disciples who was in the upper room, raises his voice and addresses the crowd because they're all amazed, they're wondering, how are all these people talking in all of our languages and we can understand? And Peter preaches his very first sermon. And the disciples, they didn't stay in that upper room. This is important. They didn't stay there just enjoying being together, enjoying being baptized in the Holy Spirit, enjoying speaking in tongues. They didn't stay there. They immediately obeyed Jesus' command, and they went out to be a witness. And when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they were supposed to be witnesses. That was the purpose of the power. Now, listen, I think some people have lost sight of that today. And I think that's one of the reasons the baptism of the Holy Spirit is maybe misunderstood, misused, even taught against in some circles, because people have received the power and not followed through on the purpose. Okay, the power was never supposed to stay in the little holy huddle in the upper room. That was never, ever the point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so you can speak in tongues. That's not the purpose. The purpose is not to just have tongues and interpretations in our church services and we say, oh, that was so great. Oh, we had the Holy Spirit encountered today because that happened. The purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was and is to be a powerful witness to share Jesus and his love with others here and all over the world. <laughs> it is pointless to have the power of the Holy Spirit and ignore the purpose. And if you have the power and you ignore the purpose, you have missed Jesus's point. So there's five passages in Acts that talk about being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, and every passage has signs when the Holy Spirit shows up. The most common confirming outward sign is speaking in tongues. There may be and frequently are other spiritual manifestations and reactions which accompany uh, the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. But speaking in tongues remains the primary, initial, physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the thing that comes out that you're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. The scripture says speaking in tongues can be a language already known on earth but not known to you. Or it can be a heavenly language that no one knows on earth. So you can't just like stand by Google Translate with everybody speaking in tongues and see what's happening, okay? It might not even be on the Earth's radar. People have asked me over the years, why is speaking in tongues the evidence? Oh, we don't know for sure. One thought is that the tongue is the most unruly part of the body. Can I get an amen with our tongues this morning? We see that in James 3. So when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, even the unruliest member of our body shows evidence of submission to Jesus. Tongues are not the only evidence of living a spirit-filled life. track with me. If you do not have the gifts of the spirit, if you uh, don't have the fruits of the spirit, All of those things are incredibly important. You can't speak in tongues and not have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all that comes from the Holy Spirit. It is not separate. It is one in the same. Okay, We need all of that from the same Holy Spirit. And, like I said, nothing is more important than the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the power to witness when you speak in tongues, it does not overtake your body, does not leave you uncontrollable. It is not scary or spooky. It is supernatural, though. It's out of the ordinary. But God will never override your desires. He will accept an invitation if you ask him to fill you. But his intention is never fear. And if you feel fearful about this whole topic, first, I want to clarify that's not from Jesus. Okay? Okay? And secondly, I'd love to just talk to you more about it because it's not supposed to be scary or spooky, but it is different. It's, it's not natural, it's supernatural. It's something different than we experience. That's right. You know, some people struggle with speaking in tongues, uh, both doing it and believing it because they have seen people do weird things in church. Listen, No one has seen more crazy, weird stuff in church than Pentecostal pastors, okay? I'm at all the services. Times 40, Pastor Don. I mean, like, ask him about it. And and I want you to know this. (laughs) I'm really saying a lot of stuff here, Pastor Andy, but. We have a game face just like everybody else. Trust me. I have personally experienced and heard some things that I have literally thought in my head, this is completely bananas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's what's happening. People do some weird stuff and blame it on the Holy Spirit. Are there people who are weird and wacky in church? Absolutely yes. But does one or two weird people invalidate a gift from God? Absolutely not. I want to encourage you that if you are a biblical Christian, this happened in the Bible. I'm reading it to you right now. And I want everything God has for me. I know you want everything God has for you to live the most effective kingdom centered life as possible. So maybe you've asked or you've been asked, um, do I have to speak in tongues to be a Christian? Uh, Do I have to speak in tongues to be saved? Do I have to speak in tongues to be part of the church? Let me just tell you, absolutely not. There's no scriptural support for that argument. Your entrance to heaven is found in one thing and only one thing, and that's accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and putting your trust in his death on the cross as a payment for your sin. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and accepting Jesus is the only way to heaven and that is the gospel truth that we will pound and pound and pound. I will talk about that 100 times more than I'll ever talk about speaking in tongues, okay? Because that is what we're talking about here. That's the point, right? We need to understand that. And in fact, if you're here today and you have never made that decision, I want you to know heaven is available to you because of Jesus. He took the punishment of the sin on the cross for you. And so don't leave here today without talking to somebody about that. At the end of service, um, to my right and to my left, there's people at the prayer tables. Please come talk to them. I want you to make a decision to follow Jesus because that is absolutely the most important core part of why we're standing in this room today. So a better question to ask than do I have to speak in tongues is this. Do I get to speak in tongues? Okay, you don't have to. Listen, you don't have to. But you get to. And speaking in tongues is a powerful tool in your quest to be a lifelong follower of Jesus. I want to bring this clarity uh, for a moment because there's some confusion here in the scripture. There are sort of two types of speaking in tongues experiences. And the difference is all about who the communication is for. So let me just put a tool in your tool belt this morning. You want to think about who is the focus of the communication. So there are times when we speak in tongues in a corporate gathering. There are times we speak in tongues in our private prayer life. Same Holy Spirit gives us both gifts. They both come after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they're different expressions. Okay? It's like having an ice cream cone or an ice cream bowl. All right? Same thing. Same delicious thing. Different expressions of the same thing. Maybe that wasn't the best one, but, you know, (laughs) we tried it. So the communication focus For the corporate gathering of tongues is for the people. You may have heard that here on a Sunday morning before. Uh, Someone comes to the microphone and shares a message in tongues that you are not familiar with. We don't know what the language is. Then we wait on the Lord and maybe someone else comes and they say, hey, here's the interpretation. All of those need interpreted every time. Do you know why? Because it's for us. And if we don't know what's being said, it's not helpful. Okay? Okay. It's not helpful just to hear someone speak in tongues. That doesn't edify us. But if we understand this is the message that God is trying to communicate, it's in a heavenly language. This type of tongues always needs an interpretation because if we don't get the interpretation, we won't get the message. This is found in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, if you want to look at that later. Now, the communication focus for the private prayer in tongues is to God. So when you're privately praying in your prayer language, that's to God. God doesn't need us to interpret to him. God gave us the language. God God knows what we're saying already. Okay, God doesn't need to to interpret it. And so he knows every language. So you can pray in tongues all week long and don't need an interpretation when you're praying in tongues with just you and the Lord. Not everyone will receive the gift of tongues uh, to say to the whole church, but everyone can pray in tongues in their private prayer life, okay? So that's why the answer is you don't have to speak in tongues, but you get to. The Word tells us that everyone has access to this uh, experience through the Holy Spirit to pray to God with. That's something everyone can have. And at those points, it does not need an interpretation, you can even pray in tongues at church on Sunday during worship or during prayer, but not too loud that everyone has to hear it because it's your private conversation with God. Okay, that's why. So uh, if, if I was standing down here and several of you came to pray for me, you might pray to God for me and I might hear your prayer language in my prayer circle, but I know if you're praying to God, then it's not for me and God is working that out and I don't need the interpretation. You can find this type of prayer in Ephesians 6:18 and Romans 8:26 and 27. You know, praying in tongues in your personal prayer life has a lot of benefits. Some people say, "Well, what, what's kind of the benefit of it?" And um, one of the major benefits is you're no longer limited by your knowledge or reasoning. Have you ever come to the Lord and you have no idea how to pray for a situation? You're just totally I've, I'm out of words, right? I'm speechless. I have no idea. You have a greater ability to pray for things God wants accomplished because you're tapping into God's infinite intellect. It's like you're saying, God, just tell me what to pray, and I'll pray that prayer. And then God gives you that prayer language and then you pray it and then guess what? You're praying the perfect will of God because none of your silly self is getting in the way. You're not trying to, to make something up. You're not trying to solve it based on the little bit that you see or the resources that you have. You're saying, God, you know best and so I'm gonna pray the way you would want me to. Uh, will you read to us First Corinthians 14, Pastor Andy? This one's really good when it comes to this topic.
2: For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit.
1: Yeah, so when we're praying in that private prayer language, praying in the spirit sensitizes us to the voice of God. It makes us more aware of his leadings and more aware of his promptings. So just remember, who is the focus of communication? That will help you separate and understand when a tongue needs interpreted and when it doesn't. All of that said, the goal is not for you To solely speak in tongues. That's not the goal. It's to give you power to prove that Jesus is alive. That's the goal. You are a miracle distributor. God wants to use you, and this is just one miracle that He wants to do inside of you. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the finale, it's the beginning. It's the gateway to living a supernatural life. It's the starting point to say, look, God, I want to walk everywhere you want me to go. I want to say everything you want me to say. And it's a tool. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that God offers to us because he loves us and he wants us to live in a way that honors him and that is led by the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior you have the Holy Spirit in you already. Okay, we talked about this last week. When you accept Christ as your savior, the Holy Spirit gets inside your heart and lives there, stays there. And so the Holy Spirit is in you. But if you want more of the Holy Spirit or you realize that you have not tapped into all he can give you, if you want the empowerment that he gives, if you're empty and you want more of him, Here's what the scripture says to do, just the scripture. Nobody else's experience, just what's in the scripture. If you would like to have an experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. First, repent of any sin in your life. Ask God to forgive you and come make your heart right before him. That is, we can't do anything without that. And so have a heart to heart with God and ask him what are the things in your life that you need to repent of and that he needs to make right in you. Next, ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, that sounds so simple. It is. It's not emotional. It's not, um, you don't have to earn it. It doesn't have to be in a certain setting or in a certain place. Ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Verbalize your prayer out loud don't beg him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Reach out and take the gift from Jesus that he offers. Just ask him, that's what he says, right? Ask, seek, knock, he'll answer. Create an atmosphere of expectation by praising God and expressing your love for him. Ha- have an have a atmosphere of expectation. Don't overthink it. Man, that's where it stops sometimes, doesn't anybody? An overthinker? That's where I am all the time. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Don't overthink it. Let your tongue say what's in your spirit. When you hear expressions or words or syllables forming in your mind, speak them out. Say it again. It's a step of faith. Remember, I told you um, it doesn't take, you, take over you, but if you stand here and you go, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And I'm not moving my mouth. You probably aren't going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? He's not going to, like, to pry your mouth open and give you a prayer language. So so you do have to cooperate with God and, and just praise Him. God, I thank you. You're worthy. You're holy. You're good. I trust you. I thank you for the good gifts that you give. Some people have said to me over the years, um, I feel kind of insecure because what if I make it up? Listen, that doesn't happen, okay? Do you walk around throughout the week making up languages and you no that you're not that's not gonna happen if something comes out of your mouth that you don't recognize you didn't make it up Luke 11 says the father knows how to give good, give, give good gifts to his children and he gives us the Holy Spirit maybe you can't trust yourself but you can trust Jesus you won't understand it you won't be perfect at it it won't sound the same as the person next to you that's not the point anyway the point is so that we can have the power that we need to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth that's the point that's the purpose and if today yeah give God thanks for that if today you get filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you don't any time this week to someone else, you've missed the purpose, okay? Getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is absolutely not the end of the line or the purpose of today. It's saying, God, I wanna take the gospel message, the love of God to everyone I meet, and I need every possible thing that you offer to do that. And so, Lord, would you fill me up? Would you stand? I have some trusted friends that are gonna come up here. If you want prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Uh, They're available. In fact, the scripture says that laying on of hands is something that activates things So I want to invite you to come if you want prayer for salvation I want you to come uh, to the prayer tables Please don't leave if you just want prayer for a situation I want you to come just because you come up here does not mean we're gonna pray over you till you speak in tongues Okay, if that happened to you, I'm sorry that will not happen here. All right Because what we're doing here today is seeking the face of Jesus. So when you come up here, if you want prayer, Lori will say, what do you want prayer for? And then you'll tell them and that's what they'll pray for you about. If you just wanna worship, shimmy yourself in between these and we'll get out of their way and let's just encounter the Holy Spirit today. I wanna encourage you, before you leave, just really lean into Jesus as we sing this last song. Pastor Andy, will you uh, lead us as we sing, come fill us up.
2: You provide the fire And I'll provide the sacrifice You provide the spirit
1: Up, God, we want to be empty before you so you can fill us with everything that you have for us. So God, we love you. We pursue you, Lord. We go after you with all that we have. You are the focus of our hearts. We give you our full attention and our full surrender. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you give us a rating and a review on your podcast app, and please subscribe so you never miss a message. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.